Good morning, truth. God put it on my heart and my mind some time ago to address the issue of the cross being more than a symbol. And I want to tell you, sometimes when God puts something on your heart and your mind, if you're resistant to it, it's likely because you haven't taken the time to commune with God to find out the details of why he, the all-knowing God, has put this particular thing on your heart and on your mind. And I'm telling you all this because I am not arrogant enough to believe that God only uses those with titles and ordinations to exalt his word and his will. So when God brings something to your attention, causes you to look at something a little differently, causes an eyebrow to raise, study what it is and then take whatever you find, whatever you have researched and the conclusions that you have drawn and align it with the word of God. And I promise you, things will become clear as to why God put it on your heart and your mind to begin with. But whatever you do, don't let lack of enthusiasm or laziness allow you to settle into resisting what God has assigned you to. Because if God put it on your heart and your mind, it is an assignment for you to pursue. So don't be disobedient. Pursue your assignment. Now, if you have never experience someone approaching you denouncing that Jesus died on the cross, you're likely eventually going to hear this exaltation of falsehood because there is an entire culture out there looking to denounce Christianity as a whole. And they tend to try to pique interest by selecting a topic that seems harmless enough, but that is also intriguing enough to hold the attention of those who say that they are believers, those who are believers but are looking for something different. I want y'all to be reminded that's how Eve got tricked in the garden too. She knew what the word of God was, but the devil presented something that sounded a little different. My goal is not to prepare you to argue, not to prepare you to debate, but to prepare you to recognize deception of falsehoods and to help you become grounded in the real truth. So as God was dealing with me about this message, I researched and simplified this message to be a light unto your feet, a light that will steer you away from darkness. So here we go. An assiduous Research addresses the who, what, where, and why. My research incorporates studies and documented proof derived from religious, secular, and historical resources. The symbol of the cross is one of the most recognizable symbols in the world. Whether one is a Christian, an atheist, a Buddhist, whatever one may be, they know and have seen the symbol of the cross. But the symbol of the cross represents more than a symbol of Christianity, more than the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and even represents more than salvation or one's commitment to their faith. The symbol of the cross is not just a religious symbol, but a representation of a culture, a time in history, an injustice that was practiced as a norm. The symbol of the cross also represents one's ability, desires, or lack thereof to go after truth, not 
just religion, but to go after truth, to go after facts, to go after the historical accounts of mankind. Those who denounced that Jesus was actually crucified on a cross unintentionally actually proved that the cross is not just a symbol because of their intent when exalting such an ideology. Someone to declare Jesus was crucified on an upright stake because of the Greek word storos, exalted in some biblical translations and even historical documentation. The word storos is absolutely positively defined as an upright stake and is not cross-depicted. But this is what I love about the word of God. His truth will stand regardless of what it stands against. And in 2 Timothy 2.15, the scripture tells us to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Before I go any further, let's pause and dissect that scripture Notice the scripture didn't say study the scriptures. It didn't say study my word. It simply said study to show thyself approved unto God. We are called to study all things, for that is how wisdom is acquired. In Proverbs 3.13, the scripture reads, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. We are charged to find wisdom. Go after it, seek it out, and study it to obtain understanding. The only perimeter set on our study is consistent with the principles that we already know so well, and that is to seek ye first the kingdom of God. So as we approach anything, we have to approach it with godly principles in place first. It doesn't matter what we measure up against the word. We will receive revelation. We will receive discernment. And we will receive the validation of truth. Beware and stand clear of any religion, any organization, cult, or belief system that puts restrictions on what you can read what you can study that denounces you questioning to obtain clarity, bowing to the principles that exalts or denounces study is ungodly. For God himself declared we are to study to show thyself approved. And because I believe God is not capable of mistakes, and I believe that God is much wiser than any man. I have to believe he was intentional about not adding restrictions following his mandate to study for a reason. You will also see in a moment that the blessing of the gift of common sense that God gave us is a wondrous asset. Because God's truth will definitively always support common sense. It will never denounce it. 
Now, if you study crucifixions, the first thing you will discover is that Jesus was not the only one who was crucified. He was not even the first one who was crucified. Crucifixions was a well-known practice in that time. Crucifixions were used systematically by the Persians in the 6th century BC. Alexander the Great brought it from there to the Eastern Mediterranean countries in the 4th century BC. And the Phoenicians introduced it to Rome in the 3rd century BC. Crucifixions in Roman times was applied mostly to slaves, disgraced soldiers, foreigners, and those considered to be blasphemers or those who went against the standards set by the traditions and the cultures of the time. The victim of crucifixions was first severely scourged and beaten, which was an ordeal that was life-threatening all by itself. Then the victim was forced to carry the large wooden crossbeam to the site of the crucifixion. Now this historical fact, which is biblically confirmed, is an undisputed game changer. In John chapter 19, verses 17 through 18, John is telling the story of Jesus' journey to his crucifixion. And the scripture reads, Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull. There they crucified him, and with him and two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Now I want you to note, the scripture describes Jesus as going out to the place of the skull. What I found in my research was that crucifixions took place on a literal killing field which contained permanent, upright, vertical poles, also known as stirroses. When the scripture refers to Jesus carrying his own cross, it is not referring to the whole cross. The depiction that we have engraved in our mind is not accurate. Victims did not carry the whole cross, but only the cross beam. When victims arrived at the place of crucifixion, they were stripped naked to be further shamed. Then forced to stretch out their arms on the cross beam that they carried. And then they were nailed to this cross beam. The nails were hammered through the wrists, which kept the nails from pulling through the hand. The cross beam would then be hoisted up and fastened to an upright piece, the storos, that would remain standing as a permanent fixture between crucifixions. The storos, the permanent fixture, was used time and time again. The only thing that changed out was the victim and the cross beam. After fastening the cross beam to the vertical storos, the executioners would nail the victim's feet to the storos, the vertical part of the cross. If you study Greek literature, you will find an account of the Persian general who was executed in 479 BC. 
and the details implied they nailed him to a plank and hung him up. And later in the writings, the problem of language and translation arose. And ancient Greeks utilized two words, anastoro, which translated into a wooden pole, and apoptomazo, which is translated into impale on a plank. These historical accounts coagulate the facts and dynamics upon which we can draw the conclusion that the symbol of the cross is actually the true form of the method used in crucifixion. But guess what? Even if we were to set aside and discard all of the historical accounts, all of the biblical proof, all of the archaeological proof, common sense, our incredible gift from God would validate the cross. In Matthew 27, 37, the scripture reads, above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews, is what they wrote and hung above the head of Jesus. Common sense lets us know that if you hang a sign with horizontal writing on a vertical pole, the moment that horizontal signage is affixed to that vertical pole, you now have what we know to be a cross. Now, unbeknownst to many, the devil uses them and our lack of commitment to study to deceive us. But if we were to study and stay committed to that and begin to align history, world history, current history with the word of God as a means to embrace truth, we would create an awesome treasure of discernment and wisdom. The deception concerning the symbolism of the cross has little to do with whether you believe in Jesus, his death, or his resurrection. It is about compromising Christian belief. That is why the deception of the cross has even arisen to deceive and compromise Christian belief to compromise the truth. Know this, if someone can get you to doubt a biblical account, they can lead you wherever they desire. This is why it is imperative that we not only know the word of God, but as the scripture tells us, find wisdom and get understanding. When we study, we can do so knowing we serve a God who loves truth who wants us to know and embrace truth and who is also never fearful of his truth being denounced. He knows that his truth can stand against anything. There's been a famous finding it's called the Alexmentos Graffitos, which is a drawing depiction found in 1856 of a carving in the wall of a cave in the Palestinian hill of Rome. The carving is of a man worshiping a crucified figure with the head of a donkey. The archaeological finding of 
This drawing dates back to the Roman world in the age before Constantine. This drawing was clearly done by one who was not a fan of Jesus, but by one who meant to mock the crucifixion of Jesus and depict him as a jackass. Oh, but what the devil meant for evil, God will use it for his good. Because for now, we look at this and it provides further confirmation by those who were not fans of Jesus that he was in fact crucified on a cross. In Matthew 7, 15, the scripture tells us, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Unfortunately, because we tend to be so desperate for something different and so spiritually lazy that when we hear something different, we become intrigued. Not knowing the scheme behind what is being presented. And in all honesty, you have many of those who are beating the pavement, spreading falsehoods, not even really aware of the hidden agenda of their own organization. They are just promoting and pushing what they have bought into. And if you notice, if you begin to ask questions or challenge what they are presenting, you are quickly categorized as an apostat because they have been only trained to present. And the deception goes so deep that false doctrines have begun to denounce formal education because institutions of learning teach rational, independent thinking and also about the power of research, all of which can prove detrimental to their overall cause and goals. As we conclude, let's break down the who what, where, and why, as we summarize the research which brought us to the conclusion concerning Jesus as being crucified on the cross. The who is those who lived during the times of Roman and per Persian rule. Research them, their traditions, and even the physicality of how they did things sheds light on truth. The what is their practice of severe punishment, which was crucifixion. The where is concerning where the historical, biblical, and archeological truth will lead you mentally and spiritually. Why? What is the reason why the deception of the cross is being exalted when someone comes to you denouncing that Jesus died on a cross? They are denouncing because they're looking for feedback. They want to see if you're just going to go along with what they're presenting or if you're going to start asking them questions. They want to see how much you know about biblical history, how much faith you have in the authentic word of God. And if you're wavering in any area, they Think of you as an ideal candidate to be recruited into their false doctrine. 
And just one last sidebar as we conclude. I want you to remember that it was church folks, religious leaders, Jews who crucified Jesus. Now, although Jews do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, they do not believe that Jesus was God in flesh. But even their historical account, generation after generation dating back to biblical times, will confirm that Jesus was crucified on an upright stake with a cross beam that collectively make up the image of the cross that Christians use symbolically to identify our faith. Remember, when you start your day with truth, blessings throughout the remainder of the day is inevitable. And when you commit your heart and your mind to studying the word of God, you lay a path of uncompromised joy. I'll go, I'll follow where you lead. Your hand I trust completely. You can lead me where you lead, I'll go.
Your love. 